Hello and welcome to the Joshua Nima Show where you get a shot of truth with your coffee. And today we're getting a special truth. Today is obviously Good Friday and we're coming into Easter weekend and there's nothing better we could talk about. We usually talk about politics and what's going on in the news. But today we are going to have Pastor Gregory Pounds of Connecting Points Church come on to give us an Easter message. Mr. Pounds, welcome to the program. Joshua Neiman, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, this is, uh, as you said, an exciting time, uh, not only just because it is uh, the resurrection weekend, uh, we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord, but also because of the state of our world, we're in a, in a place where people are hungry and, and in need. And so, um, you know, God's been doing some great things here at Connecting Point Community Church. Um, before I jump into my message and and kind of just giving some hope to some people today. Uh, there have been some very powerful things that have been taking place. We're, we're not your average church. Uh, we are a spirit-filled church, and, uh, you know, Connecting Point Community Church was birthed with a passion uh, just a little over 12 years ago here in the city of Corona. And since then, God has allowed us to expand from Corona into uh, the beautiful city of Hesperia, uh, Rancho Cucamonga, we also have a Spanish work here in Corona, and then uh, we are relaunching here pretty soon in Riverside uh, with the current COVID-19 and pandemic conditions. Uh, we had to completely shut all operations down there, uh, the facility we were, were renting from and using. Uh, they uh, took some extra precautions, and, and uh, we totally respected that and, and just took a time off and uh, but we're looking forward to, uh, in the month of May, getting back to Riverside. We have a lot of people uh, throughout the Riverside area that have been calling us, waiting for that location to open back up. And so, um, you know, we've, we've been directing everybody to our website, cprevival.org, and uh, they can go on there and look up our service times, and uh, they'll be able to see the address for all of our locations and our no normal service times this this uh, coming Sunday for Resurrection Sunday are going to be exactly uh, the same. We are not changing our times. Uh, people can join us in person. We we want you to come. Uh, and uh, what we are doing this year is a little bit different uh, in that we are mixing drama with uh, music, and we're calling this an experience. What we want people to do is uh, this Easter not to come in and just go through the storyline. We want people to come in and see the eyewitnesses of the resurrection. Um, and so we're going to be, uh, we'll have at all of our locations in Corona, Hesperia, and Rancho Cucamonga, and also, again, Corona in Spanish, uh, we will have a series of songs and actors uh, that are going to be power-packed where people can actually uh, participate and feel uh, what's going on. And so there'll be some multimedia engagement as well. Um, and uh, it'll be uh, a little bit more of a shorter, power-packed um, uh, time for us. Uh, but we also want to encourage worship. Uh, when we come on, on Resurrection Sunday for us, this coming Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, we are coming with one thing in mind, that the Lord is alive and that he is risen. And uh, so we have encouraged all of our church to come on that morning, wake up, get dressed, uh, come ready for church. Uh, and, and be ready because uh, we are going to celebrate. It's going to be a celebration. It's not going to be a time of, of being drab and dark. There's a lot of people that play on the, the dark parts 
of Easter. And uh, we, we totally want to pull you into the understanding that the Lord is alive. He is risen. And with that, that's a message of hope. And so uh, I hope that uh, those that will listen to this podcast and join the show and maybe, uh, you know, visit and come to one of our, our service times and, and visit one of our locations. And so uh, I really appreciate you, Joshua Nima, for uh, inviting me on here. You and I go way back and um, I've, I've seen a lot of things. I'm very proud of uh, many accomplishments that you've made and, and just want to say thank you so much for the, the invite today. Um, let me say this. This weekend is uh, very, very important to the Christian community because uh, we center everything around the Lord Jesus Christ. He is uh, a very central figure. And, and uh, when we begin to look at the historicity of, of the story of the passion of Christ. I know that Mel Gibson made a movie of it, and there are others that have done a lot of different um, plays um, and dramas, and um, I've seen many uh, different um, versions of that. But there, there are some details that really stick out to me. One of the things that people don't understand is that there were a lot of witnesses to the actual, not only the crucifixion, but the process that Jesus went through. And there were times where we began to look at him and what he was going through in the process of less than 18 hours. I mean, think about this. People in this country, it takes us so long to process justice. And in our world, we're screaming for justice right now. And, uh, and, and there are a lot of injustices that are being done. There are a lot of things that are being done uh, on all levels of society that, that when we look at those injustices, uh, they, they really reflect on humanity in our worst way. Um, we are a bloodthirsty people. I mean, when you think about it, I believe that for the most part, most of humanity is, is, is peaceable, and, and that's why people are hungry, and, and that's why we've seen demonstrations for justice uh, in the streets, you know, and um, I, I believe that that when we look at it, any injustice that is done against people, whether it's race, whether it's religion, their background is completely wrong. I don't believe that in any way we should be committing those injustices. And one of the things we see is the Lord Jesus Christ, when he walked on this earth, he lived a life that the Pharisees tried many times to catch him in so many different snares. Uh, the religious people of that day, they tried to work him into corners with questions that would uh, somehow get him complex and, 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 and maybe even perplexed, like he's not able to answer or respond to them because of his uh, responses to the law or to their, their way of thinking. And Jesus came to really break down every barrier. When you look at his purpose for coming, it was for every race. It was for every nation, for every tribe, for every tongue. It does not matter who you are. The Lord Jesus is God who came in flesh because he loved all of humanity, not one section of humanity. And I, I really want to drive this home, and it's very important for us to understand that his message is not necessarily this message of, of trying to uh, single out a certain race and, and only allow one certain race to be superior. In fact, when he came, he wanted all things to be brought in reconciliation under him. 
And throughout the Gospels, as I began to look at the life of Christ, there were many times where they tried to bring false accusations against him, or they tried to bring trick questions to him. And uh, he began to stand in the face of all of this adversity, and injustice was done. In fact, uh, when it finally came out to it, there are what we call the six stages of Jesus' trial. Um, man, we cannot seem to get justice for someone, and we are talking a year later. Uh, we are still seeking justice, and things are still tied up in our court system. But yet somehow in Jesus' day, they were able to come up with the, the reasonings. They were able to come up with everything all within less than an 18-hour period from Friday I mean, we, we begin to see that Friday, I mean, everything came to a head. Um, it started out that, that Jesus, uh, he started out before Jewish authorities. He was taken into custody. He was rushed in, and he had this preliminary hearing before Annas. And uh, when we look at this, Annas was a high priest. And so he was the official high priest in the eyes of all of the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. And uh, even though the Romans had appointed someone else, Annas still carried a lot of weight because there was this connection that, that the Romans and those in, that were very high up within uh, religious uh, society of the Jewish culture had. And so that first hearing was immediately, that was a preliminary, it was brought before him. And then from there, Annas is the one who says, okay, take it to the next step. And, and so the next step that we see was this hearing before Caiaphas. And we read about that in, in Matthew chapter 26. And, and so just like this, this hearing that goes before Annas, um, all of a sudden it was done at night. It was done in secrecy. I mean, we, we can't get enough jurors in one day to get somebody amen, before a court today. And here it was, all of this was done at night. Um, there was all kinds of, of uh, improper uh, ways of trying him, and it was really a mockery of justice at that time. I mean, they went behind. They bent every rule. Kind of sounds like some things we have going on in our day today. You know, there were things that were done. And then all of a sudden, we see that it transitions from the Roman authorities, I mean, from the Jewish authorities over to the Roman authorities. And this is where we begin to see now the trial before council. Um, this is just after daybreak. There's 70 members of the council that all come together. And uh, basically what they do is they, they would listen to the hearing and they would appear, you know, as uh, saying, you know what, we, we give our approval on all of these uh, uh, legal statements that we've heard, and basically they push it forward. And so the purpose of this trial was not necessarily to determine justice before this council, but to justify their own perceptions of Jesus's guilt. So this council of 70 then turns and now says, move forward. And so they all begin to justify um, their, their, their preconceptions or whatever it was in their mind at that moment. Um, and they push Jesus forward. He goes through uh, the first hearing of Pilate. We hear of Pontius Pilate and, and him coming to him. And Pilate really doesn't want a whole lot to do with this. Um, uh, they, they took Jesus to Pilate, uh, who is a Roman governor, and they accused him of treason and rebellion and crimes 
uh, and then they, they turn around and say, we want to give him the death penalty. And so Pilate, uh, when he first looked at this, he said, you know, I, I, I think that Jesus is innocent. And so Jesus goes through this process where now all of a sudden uh, Pilate is pushing him on because he's, he's afraid of the uproar that now the religious leaders are, are stirring. And they're worried that, that there's going to be unrest throughout the land because of this. And, and there's not this peace between the, the religious leaders and the Roman leaders. And so he passes the buck. He sends it on to uh, Herod. And then Herod now is uh, known as Herod Antipas. And he's the ruler of the region that Jesus is originally from, which is Galilee. Um, I spent some time in Jerusalem uh, on a couple of trips and uh, walked throughout the Galilee, got out on a boat. Uh, very, very amazing, um, the area. And uh, to think of some of the different historical events that took place. And so um, Herod here is now the one that uh, is going to, you know, be the, the, the ruler that's going to take this on. And, and he was actually in Jerusalem. So, so Jesus didn't need to leave Jerusalem on this trial to head back out to Galilee like he should have. So he didn't go back to his own area. Herod's already down there because there's going to be this celebration for Passover. And so because this celebration of Passover is going to be going on, Herod steps up and uh, now uh, he begins to listen to it. And he wants nothing to do with them. He says, man, this is not something I want to deal with. He takes the Lord Jesus Christ. And now because of his inability to see uh, like, hey, there's something wrong here, uh, doesn't want anything to do with this, washes his hands basically from the issue and sends him on now back to Pilate. So the last hearing, the sixth and final hearing, is where Pilate did not like uh, what the religious leaders were doing. And he was interested in, um, you know, what is it that really needs to happen here? So what he does is he, he really thought that Jesus was innocent. And from scriptural context, we see him giving this understanding that, that he really doesn't want much to do with this. So what he does is he, he knows that there's going to be this, this uprising. He knows that there's going to be this challenge. And so he tries to come up with this compromise. And he says, let's just have Jesus beaten. And, you know, then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll then take him and, and we'll process him. But finally, he, he gave in and handed Jesus over for execution. So the beating took place first, but then it followed through with the execution. And, and we, we hear the story, you know, do you want this this Barabbas over here to be released, or do you want Jesus Christ? In, in him, I, I find no guilt. I, I'm not really understanding this. And the crowd yells out, give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. And so um, ultimately, uh, you know, Josh, I, I want us to come to the understanding that Jesus understands what injustice is because he himself took upon him all of the injustice of the world. And in one moment of time, it's almost as if the world stood still, staring into the face of the one who had come to redeem us from our sin. Our sin is what has caused us to go down the path of, of division and hatred and violence. It, it, our, our sin is what has unlocked all of these diseases 
and sicknesses in the world. Many people like to look and say, well, if God is such a good God, then why would he allow, you know, the hurting and the disease and the sickness and the COVID and all these things? And I want to take us back to the very beginning. And I want us to understand that God, when he created us, it was made good. When God made man and woman and he created all living things, it was good. And then man fell into a sin. And sin is what introduced death into the world. If there would have been no sin in the original garden, we would not have seen sickness and disease. We would not have the plagues upon the world and, 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 and all of the issues we have. In fact, we wouldn't even have the divisions within society we see today of people that hate because of either race or, or ethnicity or background or, or socioeconomic level. And unfortunately, all of that is rooted in one thing called sin. And the Lord Jesus Christ came. And John made a very powerful declaration. John the Baptist in the wilderness was preaching. And he looked up and here comes Jesus walking along. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. He was the one who came to redeem us from our sin, our poor choices, all the things that have been wrong, our brokenness, our pride, our arrogance, all the things that have introduced injustice into the world. And Jesus came to turn us from all of that. And all he looks for is for us to turn to him. I think it's very powerful that it wasn't just some insignificant moment that they began to drag Jesus through these six trials in 18 hours, and it was on Passover. And at the time of Passover is the time of the crucifixion and the story taking place that the Lamb of God was slain. His blood, just like on the original night of Passover in Exodus, when the Lord brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, the lamb was slain. The blood was applied to the doorpost. And that is what then gave them the freedom because the Lord came through and said, now I'm going to lead you out. You know, I, I'm not saying that Egypt is a bad place. I want, I want people not to misunderstand this, but Egypt is a type of the world and the sin and the contraptions. It's caught us in bondage. And the Lord Jesus is that Lamb of God, just like in Exodus for us today, that if we have no hope or, or sin has, has scarred us, has hurt us, has caused us to be broken, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can put those pieces back together. And on this Resurrection Sunday, the reason why we celebrate this Sunday as Resurrection Sunday it's because if he did not raise from the dead, if he didn't rise up out of that grave, and we did not see the miraculous events, and the hundreds of people and dozens of encounters of people witnessing him after he walked out of that grave and was resurrected, then we would have no hope because we would still be looking for a Messiah. Gee. Oh, man, Jesus is that one. He's that one that loves us. He was God who came down and put on human flesh to give us what a lot of people call the gospel, and they don't even understand what the gospel is. 
It is that he put on humanity just like you and I, and that he went through and paid the price that we should have paid for our own sin. And instead, he freed us of the guilt, the punishment, and the shame of our sin. That if we would believe on him and obey his word, a lot of people tell me, Pastor, how do I, I move forward? I, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the story. But what is it that I must do next? And this is where Christianity, I believe today, is coming just a little short of the finish line. Jesus gave us a pattern. His life, he went to a, 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 a cross. He died. And at death, for us, our death is repentance, dying and saying, forgive me of my sins. And then the next step that he went to was they placed his body, which was lifeless. They, they went through the process to make sure his body was dead. And they placed him, Roman soldiers placed him into a tomb dead. And just as he went into a tomb and was buried, we must be buried. And that is when we take the next step that after we've repented, the next step for us is burial. And the gospel teaches us that our obedience is to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the washing away of our sins. And that he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins. And when we rise out of that water, that is the same act as what we see as Jesus coming out of the grave. The Bible lets us know that it was the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that was within the body of Christ that raised him out of that grave. And that if you and I, Josh, and, and all of our listeners believe in him and repent of our sins and go into that water, we can have that resurrection power. That resurrection power is the baptism of the Spirit. And so for us, repentance is equal to death. We repent and say, we're sorry, we're not going to go back and do those things anymore. Lord, forgive us for the things we've done that have offended you. The next step is to be baptized in the beautiful, wonderful, saving name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission, the washing away, the taking away of our sins. And finally, he promises to give us something that will give us power and authority to help us to live an overcoming life. And that is when he puts his spirit within us, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That happened on the first day of the church. They all began to gather in an up, uh, upper room, and uh, Jesus had just left. His last words were, go to Jerusalem, pray. And while he was there uh, on the mountain with them, he was transfigured. And they left and went to that room, and they began to pray and wait for the promise of this baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, that power came upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and all began to speak in tongues as the beautiful Spirit of God came on them, in them, and through them. And that was the resurrection power to lift them up, to keep them from going back into the bondage, the death, and, and to live the life of sin. I want to give somebody hope today, Josh, that's listening, that the Lord loves you, and the whole purpose of his coming was because of his love for each and every one of us. And that in a world right now that is really topsy-turvy, there's a lot of things. Not to take any one specific political point uh, of view or side. I want to stand right in the middle and say, let's stand for the Lord Jesus, and let's stand upon the word of the Lord.
this is not necessarily why is it uh that that in this hour everybody's trying to say let's reconcile let's all come together peace peace i, I want you to know that the word of the lord has seen the fulfillment of so many prophecies that that have been proven time and time again with accuracy and archaeological discoveries that continue to happen and i know we don't have enough time in the show to go through all of them but i do want to say to anyone that's listening there has been enough evidence to prove who he was, who he is, and who he will be. And if Jesus rose from the dead, he wants to give you the freedom from sin. He wants to give you new life, and he wants to give you the power and the authority to rise up and live the purpose and the life that he created you for. All it starts with is a repentance, believing in him. Amen. Once you believe in him, you just begin to tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. We find this message Peter preached in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. When Peter was confronted with this, he told the people, this Jesus that I'm talking to you about, he's the one you just crucified. He is both Lord and Christ. He is Messiah. He's the one that came to redeem us from our sins that has been prophesied for thousands of years, and we've missed it. And they looked at him in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, and said, tell us what we've got to do. We, we've missed it. Tell us, please. We want to know more. And Peter looked at them and said, you want to know how to be saved? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That promise is still for us today. That promise is still open to us that no matter what we're facing in life, no matter how bad life gets around us, that we can start by doing our part, by reconciling ourselves to the Lord and living as he lived so that we can also then meet him in eternity. Time is, is of essence, and I know we don't have much more time on this podcast today, but I do want to encourage somebody that's out there that's going through something that the Lord loves you and he sees exactly where you're at. He knows exactly the thoughts of loneliness, hopelessness, maybe feeling injustice and people have done you wrong. And he's been through all of that. They spit on him. They, they plucked his beard. They put a crown of thorns on him. He, he died a death of another man. That wasn't his death. He died the death of all of us. And he went down a, a street and they humiliated him. And then they pierced him with nails by hanging him on that cross. They mocked him and made fun of him all the way to the bitter end. But the story doesn't end at the cross with him just dying for us. He rose again for you as well. And if he rose from the dead, then friend, you got to know he loves you and he wants you to come out of your situation. And this Resurrection Sunday, I invite you, seek the Lord. The Lord looks for those who are seeking for him. The Lord is looking for those today who would just say, you know what, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I'll try it. And get to know him today. Push past all of your preconceived ideas. Don't put him on trial again, but instead allow him to step off the pages and into your heart. Surrender your life and call on him and tell him, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin and watch what he will do for you. I pray that you'll join us at Connecting Point Community Church this weekend and at any time, we, we would love to have you come, and we are excited that things are opening back up, and this pandemic is not going to stop us as an American people. 
God is calling us in this hour to thrive like never before. And I believe our greatest days are ahead of us and not behind us. And this is Pastor Greg Pounds. God bless you. Thank you again. If you get a chance, visit our website, cprevival.org. That's the letters C-P-R-E-V-I-V-A-L.org. We'd love to have you at one of our services. Josh, I would have turned this back over to you. And again, I want to say thank you so much for having me. I, I just I just can't thank you enough for allowing me to take this time. And I, I pray that it will give someone hope and joy and peace at a time in this world where people have experienced so much loss and death and hurt and injustice. And uh, at the end of this, I, I appreciate all that you're doing to help uh, with even spreading the gospel and, and all that you're doing around us. You've been doing some good things and I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me today. I want to thank you for coming on Pastor Pounds. And I want to say that I have known Pastor Pounds, it's so strange to say now, half my life. Um, <laughs> from my principal in high school to a youth pastor and so many things I've gone through over the years. He's always been there. He's always faithful. And I've just, trust me, there's no better place you could go and no better person you could hear the word of God from. So thank you. And can you close us out in a prayer, please? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to bless every hearer, God. God, everyone that will hear this, God, I ask you to touch them and begin to move in their mind, their body, their soul, and their spirit, God. God, I ask you to strengthen them. God, today I want you to encourage them. We know that you are the King of kings, Lord Jesus, and the Lord of lords, and we surrender to you. And we know that every tongue shall, every tongue shall confess that you are Lord of all. God, today we bow our knee to you as the Lord of all, and we want you to know that we surrender everything. And God, I know that from this podcast, I will hear stories of victory, stories of healing, stories of transformation, and how that you have proven yourself, just like you have time and time again, to be the great healer of every single individual. God, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor for everything you're going to do. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much again, Pastor Pounds, and we hope to have you back again to deliver more word. Amen. God bless you, and have a happy Easter and Resurrection Sunday. There we go.